Green Street Radio is a production of Grassroots Environmental Education. Learn more about us and our programs at www.grassrootsinfo.org or follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Grassroots Info. Welcome to Green Street, the environmental health podcast where we talk about things in the air we breathe, the water we drink, and the food we eat that can impact your health and the health and safety of your family. On this edition of Green Street, we're going to be talking about the next wave in technology, what they call 5G or fifth generation wireless. You've probably heard some of the buzz around 5G, how it will make the Internet of Things possible, how you can download a movie in five seconds, or how it will make driverless cars possible, or at least less likely to crash. But there's another side to 5G. In fact, it's a serious obstacle that the wireless companies really don't want to hear about, and that's the growing body of published peer-reviewed scientific studies that are showing biological harm from exposure to RF microwave radiation. Daphna Tackover is an attorney who received her law degree in the UK and who gained a technical understanding of wireless networks and infrastructures as a communications and computer officer in the Israeli Defense Forces, where she was the commander of the computer center for their operations center and headquarters. In 2009, Daphna developed electromagnetic sensitivity from wireless technology radiation. Since then, she's dedicated herself to exposing the epidemic of sickness caused by this technology to protect the rights of the injured, to eradicating the misrepresentation that wireless technology is safe, and to pursuing those who betray the public's trust. We were delighted to be able to catch up with Daphna this afternoon. Here's our interview with Daphna Tackover. I'd like to to talk about um, microwave sickness or electromagnetic hypersensitivity, um, because I think that this is something that the public really is not aware of. Maybe you could tell us how you became an expert. Um, like most experts, it first happened to me. So in 2009, um, I went to buy a new laptop very happily, and um, suddenly weird things started to happen. I started having tingling in my fingers, tingling in my feet. Um, I couldn't think. I ended up changing five laptops in three weeks. And with every new laptop I got, I had more and more uh, symptoms. Mm. And um, until then, I was, you know, an early adopter, an avid user of wireless technology. Um, and, uh, you know, cell phone was my best friend, my computer. I used to speak six hours a day on the cell phone. So when this weird thing started to happen and following not being able to use the laptop, I could not speak on a cell phone. I would get very uh, strong pain inside my head every time I would use a cell phone. Um, I wanted to know how it is that I'm getting all these symptoms and I never before heard anything about getting injured by uh, wireless technology radiation. And, you know, being an attorney, I started uh, researching and I just, what I found was really mind-blowing. I found that, you know, unlike what the public is being told, there is massive amount of evidence that wireless radiation or basically radio frequency and microwave radiation um, is harmful to almost every system and organ in the body. And this sickness is being documented since the beginning of the century, really, since we started to use wireless technology. So can I just go back a little bit and ask you a question? So from what you read, was it because you were such an avid um, an early adopter, avid user, an early adopter, as you said, um, of this technology? Do you think it was because you used it so much 
that you became um, sensitive to it? Or are you just, you know, uniquely sensitive just because of who you are genetically? Um, you see that? I don't like the word sensitive, and I discourage people from using electrosensitivity, and especially not electrohypersensitive. I've been using this technology for a long time. I've been using electricity for all my life. I was not sensitive not to electricity and not to wireless technology until one day I became sick from it. So listen, we all have our dispositions, right? So, right. Um, I did not get cancer, a predispositions for sickness. So I did not get cancer from using my cell phone for about eight years. Um, I did become, I did develop microwave sickness. So it could be that I'm more prone to neurological problem rather than cancer. Um, I think that why someone becomes sick with microwave sickness depends on a lot of factors. Sometimes it can be a, a prolonged exposure, long-term exposure. Sometimes, sometimes it can be one acute exposure. But the bottom line, even if I was at the time a heavy user, I still didn't use as much as people nowadays are exposed to involuntarily. So, That's right. Um, you know, and, and if you look at how many people are suffering from this, this we're not talking about a small uh, percentage of the population with uh, um, unusual response to this technology. Surveys that were done up to 2006 show that at least 10% of the population at the time were already suffering from symptoms of microwave sickness. Now, um, 2006, that is before... Wi-Fi, that is before smartphones, that is before wireless utility meters were imposed on people on their homes. So essentially, that is before the exponential increase in our exposure to this radiation. So it's very likely to assume that the rates are much higher now, and what we see on the ground support that. And I think if people ask around them, uh, if people have tingling in their hands when they use a cell phone or pain in the head when they use a cell phone, they will see that probably the rates are much higher than 10%, and which means that there's no, uh, it's not something that someone is sensitive to, but rather this radiation is very harmful to every human being, and science shows that. This radiation is affecting everyone. Where is the point in which one body will break or someone will start to uh, feel this radiation consciously like I do? I don't know. But clearly, this is affecting all of us and every system in our body. Okay, so let's just talk about the different systems in the body and then uh, that are being affected, and then I want to um, move on to how you are um, able to function uh, in, in this world where we are just exposed you know, to wireless radiation everywhere we go. So, um, you know, people are trying to, there's a very uh, strong and disturbing campaign by the wireless industry to try and claim that this is a psychological problem. And, um, you know, and they fund science, alleged science or ridiculous science, uh, to produce the result they want. And there are studies, or the studies that they conduct are clearly uh, showing, you know, what they want to see, but it's, you know, it's not really science. So um, the evidence is pretty strong. So physiological studies that were done on people with electro, that develop electromagnetic sensitivity or microwave sickness, which is my preferred name, um, show that actually this radiation caused severe uh, biological effects on their body or physiological injuries. So there's a study that was done by Dominique Belpalm in 2015. He, he uh, conducted various tests on people who develop, uh, on over 700 people who develop uh, microwave sickness, and he showed that in 30% of them, they had a broken blood-brain barrier, 
Um, they had a lot of people with uh, oxidative stress uh, uh, issues. They have people with um, uh, immune system problems, and they have. Um, and then there's additional studies that show that there's also brain injuries. Um, and there were done study that was done by uh, Professor Hauser showed that people uh, he put them into functional MRI and showed that they have uh, brain injuries um, in the frontal lobe. Um, there are studies that show a uh, problem with the uh, oxygen coming to the brain, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those findings are supported by dozens and hundreds of other studies that show that this radiation indeed is causing these kind of injuries to the body. Yeah. Um, so, as, as for your next question, which is how can I manage, so yeah. right now you hear that I breathe a little bit, and that is because I'm in an environment with wireless radiation, and one of the things that's affecting me is my breathing, um, and that is a common symptom. And I think before we should probably mention what are the symptoms of microwave sickness. So um, people who develop microwave sickness, usually the first symptoms would be tingling in the hands when they use a cell phone or pain in the head, uh, headaches, severe headaches, nausea, uh, heart palpitation, uh, memory issues, cognitive issues, uh, dizziness, sleep disturbances, um, 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 tinnitus, uh, ringing in the ear, which is not always the same, et cetera, et cetera. Various neurological problems. Some people can also experience uh, skin problems, and we saw recently with the Fitbit. There were two recalls of Fitbit because people were developing weird symptoms on the skin, which is really not from any material used for the Fitbit, it's from the microwave radiation. That is too documented pretty uh, strongly in science. Um, as to what one can do once one gets sick, actually <laughs> not much, and life is becoming more and more impossible for people who become sick with microwave sickness. Um, I, when I became sick, you know, I thought about it as, um, as if I, was, I have a wound. So if you have a wound and you keep on scratching it, it cannot heal. So I felt that it's the same with radiation. So my body got injured in, from the radiation. And so as long as I continue to be exposed to radiation, I cannot heal. So I try and find a house that will have no radiation. So I end up moving to upstate New York to the Catskills. Um, I lived in an isolated cabin in the middle of the woods, no neighbors, no Wi-Fi, no cell, cell phone reception. Um, and I lived there for over four years, and that, that really did help me to uh, improve myself. Um, however, finding such places nowadays is impossible, especially now with 5G coming, where they're going to put um, antennas in front of every person's home, uh, and they have smart meters, wireless smart meters on people's homes that are forced on them and making them sick, and then after they've been made sick from these uh, meters, they, uh, <laughs> they cannot get them removed. So um, there's really nothing for people to do. I mean, people have nowhere to live. People are becoming refugees. Children are forced out of schools. I'm involved in various cases of children who cannot go to schools, and the schools are retaliating in the most cruel and disgusting ways. And um, we live in a society in denial, and it's very sad. Mm, yeah, sure is. So what do you expect to happen, Daphne? How do you see this playing out? Um, oh, I wish I had a good answer for that. You mm. know, I've been working on this issue for the past six years. I mean, once I got a bit better, I did everything I could to try and, you know, expose this lie. And I often say that this is the biggest lie ever told. And, you know, I keep on trying to find a breakthrough. And I've been 
you know, working on many levels. In Israel, I submitted a Supreme Court case to ban the use of Wi-Fi in the schools. Um, in the U.S., I did, um, I did um, lobbying on a federal level, on a state level, and uh, other um, things. And, you know, it's very difficult to, to, to fight this issue. You know, we have the most, one of the most rich and powerful industries on the other side, and they buy our politicians. And so our political system is blocked by money. Um, and then there is people, people in complete denial. People don't want to know. They're so addicted to this technology. They, um, you know, the son will, the child will get a brain tumor from their cell phone. They will take the, son, the child to the hospital and give him an iPad to continue and entertain one in the hospital, mm. not wanting to mm. think that maybe that is the cause of their, sick, mm. of their child's signal. So yeah. people are in denial. And um, so between people's denial and corrupt system, political system, I don't know. I mean, the courts are also a pretty tough barrier for us for various reasons. And so, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it seems to me that, you know, the more people will get sick, the more the connection will be made. Um, hopefully, you know, the grassroots movement will get stronger and stronger, and more and more people will realize that their symptoms are caused by it, that the fact that they have heart palpitation on the age, at the age of 40 is not normal, yeah. and the fact that they develop Alzheimer's at the age of 40 is not normal. So, yeah. hopefully that will get more and more people to take action, which is really what we're seeing on the ground. But again, we have the problem with the money in politics, as probably you encountered yeah. with your uh, various causes, sure. uh, environmental causes. So, so one of the things that, that I've kind of noticed is that 5G seems to have caught the public imagination and their attention in a way that previous wireless things have not. And um, you know, I am seeing, you know, some, some pushback against the idea of 5G. I suppose a lot of it has to do with the fact that people don't like the idea of having antennas in their front yard or their backyard or hanging over their, or, over their houses. But there's also, uh, you know, a growing number of groups around the country that are forming with neighbors getting together and saying, you know what, we don't want this thing here. And, I, you know, I think we're kind of in a foot race now between science on the one hand, trying to break through, uh, you know, all the barriers that you mentioned. And, and, and uh, you know, I agree, all those barriers are very, very tough. But at the end of the day, you know, politicians, they won't do what's right, they'll do what's popular. And I think one of the, one of the best things that we can do is to continue to speak out about this, as you have done so well, you know, across the country, and as we continue to do here on Green Street and, and in Washington, um, you know, speak out about this. The more educated the public becomes, the more likely we are to be able to see some sort of a turnaround. I completely agree with you because, as I, you know, I said, I've been doing lobbying um, and on every level, and so now I really turn my efforts into doing more grassroots work because, as you said, you know, it's the people who elected those congressmen, although it's the uh, industry money that funds those campaigns. Um, but I really feel that that is our chance where people will start to revolve. So we need to create public awareness, and hopefully with public awareness, more public pressure uh, will result that uh, force the industry into trying and develop safer technologies. And that is the thing. I mean, we need safer technologies, and this can be done. I mean, whether uh, is wireless technology can be made safe, I doubt it. I don't think that micro 
frequencies radiation can ever be safe. I do think it can become safer, and the industry know that. We know that there are problems with the modulation, and most of the health effects are from the modulation. And the industry knows that as well, um, but industry is doing nothing. So unless there will be public pressure to, uh, to force the was industry to make safer technologies, nothing will change. Um, I think, yes, 5G has um, got more people involved. Um, I think I used to say that there is something in 5G to piece off everyone. So between the health effects, the privacy violations, the cybersecurity problems, mm, yeah. I think uh, 5G is getting more traction than, um, you know, than the previous uh, efforts we were doing to expose the harms of wireless technology. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that that effort will grow and maybe we will see change sometime. We well, definitely need it desperately. You know, I, I have come across many people. They call us on the phone, you know, regularly, probably several times a week. We get calls from people who are experiencing some of the same symptoms that you have uh, mentioned here and they want to know what to do. And there really is very little they can do, as you said. Um, you know, living in a suburban community or an urban setting, it's very, very hard to find a safe haven from well, this. Speaking of that, though, Daphne, let me just ask you about some of the mitigation techniques that other people have used. Okay. Um, you know, either, you know, special specialized curtains that prevent, you know, the radiation from coming through windows. Did you find any of that helpful to you personally? Well, you know, there's, um, I think what people must understand that electromagnetic fields and radiation are an extremely, extremely complex issue. And, you know, there's all kind of machines on the market telling, oh, this electricity will hit you, this, I mean, guys, no one. No one really understands fully the effects of this uh, of electromagnetic fields and radiation on the body. It's so complex because our body is electric, our heart is electric, our electric, mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. brain is electric, our cells communicate electrically, our nervous system electric. All of those systems are, are working on different frequencies, different intensities. It's so complicated. So the one thing people must do when they develop the symptoms and actually before they develop a system is minimize their exposure as much as possible and minimizing exposure at least in your home while you cannot create a perfect environment you can reduce the exposure in your home significantly and most importantly as it's night people need to be able to sleep properly and without this radiation because at night the body is you know renewing um, is correcting all the damage that was caused to the body during the day. Um, so as for all the shielding materials, um, shielding materials are based on the fact that metal blocks radiation. So, um, you know, when you don't go and do an x-ray and they put an apron, a lead apron on mm -hmm. your body, yeah. it's because lead is metal and yep. so it blocks radiation. The same yep. idea goes with wireless radiation. So, um, for example, you have those curtains, those curtains made from aluminum, some of them. Um, they are the more complicated fabric with silver or, or copper, et cetera, et cetera. However, we have to remember that metal is also a conductor. Yeah, so, sure. So um, if yeah. you do not use it properly, um, it, it make, actually can make it worse. attenuate mm. the, the problem. So mm. let's say you put curtains all around your house and, um, and you use a cell phone in your house. Yes, you'll block the, the radiation coming from the antenna from outside the house or from the Wi-Fi from your neighbors, but your cell phone radiation will continue and, and reflect back to you and actually going to increase radiation. So uh, first, if you do 
use shielding materials. The condition is that you do not use any wireless in your home. Sure. Uh, but even if you don't use wireless, there's a lot of complex issues associated. And so my advice to people is if they do decide to shield their house to minimize and reduce exposure, use people who are experts on shielding. Uh, there are people who call building biologists. Um, and there's a, uh, if you Google building biologists, they have a website with lists of building biologists all around the country. I generally recommend to people to use someone who is electrosensitive and a building biologist mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. um, they can detect more and understand the situation better than just people who use a meter to measure the radiation. Because a lot yeah. of time, meters show nothing, and, and a person with electrosensitive sensitivity do feel something, and he's right. So I think that people who are building biologists and electrosensitive probably have better have an advantage. But even if you don't have one who is both, uh, build, use building biologists because they can do the work and and get over to some extent of all the problems of a double-edged sword of shielding material. Yeah, yeah, good point. That's so interesting. Daphne, let me ask you one more question, and that is that um, I know that the FCC is going to be auctioning off different uh, bands of uh, frequency that's going to be used for for uh, 5G and and you know future uses. Do you know, as a technical matter, whether the frequency that the that is being used has an impact on you or or on on other people? Does that impact the biological effects of radiation? Um, if you don't mind, I want to say a couple of words on five G. So five G, unlike you know one G, two G, three G, four G, those are technologies. Five G is not a technology. It's specifically, it's a name for an infrastructure for the IoT, for the Internet of Things. So 5G is going to use a lot of frequencies, different frequencies. They're going to continue to use the current frequencies, but they're going to add more and higher frequencies because the Internet of Things is going to connect all devices, so it means that we'll need more bandwidth to transfer the information. And so they're going to use also higher frequencies because they have bigger bandwidth. Those higher frequencies are called millimeter waves. And that, or extremely high uh, frequencies because the distance between the oscillations of the waves is in millimeters. Mm -hmm. Now, yep. um, we already know that those frequencies are harmful. First, they're microwave frequencies, and like all microwave frequencies, they are affecting our body. Um, but, you know, different frequencies affect our bodies in different ways. Now, millimeter waves, one of the claims of the other side is that millimeter waves um, have lower penetrations, they're more easily blocked. And because they're more easily blocked, that's why we also will need more antennas and probably an antenna on right. every one or two homes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, because otherwise the uh, transmission would be blocked by things in the environment. So right. the same, uh, for the same reason, they also think that it's safer um, because it will penetrate the body less than the, uh, the lower microwave frequencies currently used for microwave radiation. That is false, and science has shown that it's false. There are dozens of studies that were done on various uh, millimeter wave frequencies that are going to use for 5G, and those studies show that still these, re these frequencies are causing effects. Now, these frequencies hit the, the skin faster. Furthermore, the skin is the biggest organ in the body to which all the, uh, uh, which is covered with, uh, with nerves that connect it to every organ in our body. 
um, there is a study that was done by the Hebrew University in Israel, and they showed that uh, when these frequencies interact with our body, it's making a whole, if they interact with the sweat nodes in our body, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, water, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they make a whole body into a big antenna. Yeah, I've heard so that. So we know for a fact that these frequencies are harmful. Um, and we are going to use them in very high intensities because they're easily blocked and in very close proximity to people's homes. And um, basically, we are continuing to, to injure and kill our population in a reckless manner. Isn't it true that the military is, is weaponizing 5G as a, as, a, uh, as, a, as a weapon against uh, enemy soldiers? Well, as we know, I mean, I, there were a lot of headlines in the past uh, couple of weeks about our diplomats becoming sick mm-hmm. from microwave radiation, yep. which is just like the radiation used for wireless technology. And we already know since the 70s that these frequencies and radiation have been used to harm people, uh, as it was done in, in Moscow to the uh, U.S. diplomats in the, from the 50s yeah. to the 70s. Yeah. So we know that the Army knows that this is harmful. And actually, one of the documents I've been using is a document, a review document of the Air Force of, and the Army of studies that were done on millimeter waves. Um, and out of 300 studies that they review, 50 studies are in the same intensity that are currently used for wireless technology, meaning non-thermal level, meaning that levels of radiation that do not hit the body, nevertheless, they're causing other effects. Sure. And those studies show uh, profound effects, including DNA damage. Mm. Now, um, but what the Army is using, um, they've been, you know, there's a, a system called, um, I forgot the name, uh, Active Denial System. And this is a system that was developed uh, by the Army, and they do use millimeter waves. However, they use uh, a higher intensity. They use a thermal level. However, this weapon shows that this radiation, when emitted, when these frequencies, when they're emitted, in thermal level, immediately cause biological effects. I mean, they make people feel like their body is on fire and run away. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this is like one mm-hmm. second of mm-hmm. exposure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe the, the levels of radiation, the level of intensity they're going to use for 5G are lower, but they are going to expose people to this radiation nonstop, day that's, in, day out. I mean, those right. antennas are going to put on the electric pole in front of people's homes. Yeah. Um, and they're uh, in, the, you know, in, in the various bills that being approved across the country to approve those cells, they're called small cells. Um, they actually said that it should be lower. They fight to make sure that they would not be higher than a certain level. And the height is the same height as our uh, second floor bedrooms, directly, the radiation yeah. directly coming in or into our children's homes, yeah. uh, our rooms. And they are going to be exposed to day in, day out, nonstop, in very high intensities. Yeah. So um, the answer is yes, the Army has been using these frequencies, usually higher intensity, but, but even. But this is short-term, while we are exposed to this long-term, non-stop, yeah. and we know that our body is affected by this radiation. So As, this is just, I'm sorry for the word, it's n- pure insanity. Yeah. And by the way, you are located in New York, so they actually, New York University, there's a center that was started by the wireless industry. And um, it's actually a whole de- center for the learning of 5G. And they produced a paper for the industry called safer for generation. This is a paper that the physicists, not people with biological background, said that 5G frequencies, millimeter frequencies, are safe for all of us. Mm. And that is a paper that I've been using, uh, you know, in the lobbying with our politicians Mm. to show that there's no problem, this is safe. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, Daphne Tackover, I want to thank you so much for being our guest on Green Street, and I hope you'll come back and join us again as this this issue certainly is not going away quickly. Um, and I think as more people become uh, aware of it and aware of their own sensitivity to it, um, we'd love to have you come back and talk to our audience again. Thank you very much, and thank you so much for your work on this issue. Pat and Doug, thank you. You've been listening to Green Street, and our guest has been attorney and wireless radiation expert Daphna Tackover. That's going to do it for this edition of Green Street. Thanks for listening.